Thanks for joining the Human Resources for Small Business podcast, where we discuss best practices in HR, hot topics, strategy, and employment law changes that have an impact on business. Follow us on our website at www.zeniumhr.com to get access to our articles, alerts, and to listen to other podcast episodes. And now, here's your host, Brandon Laws, with today's episode. Welcome, everybody. My name is Brandon Laws, and this is the HR for Small Business podcast. I have a special guest with me, Wendy Maynard from Kinesis. Uh, she is the strategic director and founding partner of Kinesis, and we're very happy to have her on the show. So welcome. Thank you, Brandon. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so Kinesis, uh, interestingly enough, they're another Portland-based company, and they are in the business of transforming the brands and marketing strategies of service-centric businesses from the inside out. So this topic we're going to have today on employer branding is a very good topic for, for Wendy to speak of. So let's get started if you're ready, Wendy. Absolutely. You recently wrote, and I actually ran across this on LinkedIn, but you wrote an article titled, How Can I Attract More of the Right Employees? And in that article... You stated that marketing can play a key role in filling the sales funnel and recruiting the right fit employees at the same time. Now, you would think of marketing absolutely fills the, the pipeline for sales, but what about recruiting employees? That's, that's an interesting take. Yeah, so Kinesis typically works with small to mid-sized businesses that are between 1 and 20 million. And I like to think of them a little bit as the forgotten stepchild in the business world. So if you go to the marketing books that are out there, there's tons that focus on the Fortune 500 and Fortune 100 case studies. There's also a lot for the DIY one and two person mom and pa shops. And actually those represent probably a huge component of the marketplace. The percentage of the small to mid-sized businesses that we work with is not that high unless you look at it as an actual number. When you look at it as a discrete number, there's a huge number of leadership teams who aren't getting the right advice. And and actually, my business partner and I came to the conclusion that marketing's really broken for that population, the folks uh, and businesses that we serve. And one of the things that came to us a lot is, well, how do we hire right? Or we're not getting the right talent or we're not getting enough applications. And so one of the problems is, is that HR and marketing tends to be siloed. Marketing is not aware of the need for talent in the way that they should be. They don't have goals. They don't have metrics to measure success by. And also HR is not tied into the overarching goals of the company. So the strategic objectives, a lot of times they're given metrics that really aren't very helpful. So how many days is a job description sitting on a LinkedIn or other job board, which really is kind of a meaningless objective when you're trying to look for the top talent. So we decided to tackle this head on by creating a methodology for weaving together marketing and HR and looking to attract more of the right fit top talent employees that are going to accelerate the growth of a company. I I look at my own role uh, as a marketer and, you know, before I was, I was so focused on outbound marketing all the time, but then, you know, to your point as HR has, has an issue with 
uh, trying to find talent and like a job posting has been sitting on LinkedIn for, you know, months and can't find any talent. They started to tap into uh, my resources and marketing and say, hey, can you help us? And I find that my my role now, I'm, I swear, it's like 30% of the time I'm focused on employer branding activities, whereas in previous years, that was not even a case at all. So how in your role in your in your business development experience with the Kinesis, where did, how did you just how did you realize that marketing needed to be involved in this whole employer branding and, and recruiting uh, area? Yeah, I think I think one of the reasons that this even started is some years back we were working with clients on more traditional marketing type of activities, and at some point they'd bring up, "Hey, do, do you have any tips on hiring?" because this is a real pain point for us. And there were a lot of aspects that they were having pain with. So everything from recruiting and getting enough applicants even in the door to the questions that they were asking to getting them trained to retaining employees and reducing their turnover and to building a great culture. So there were so many aspects around hiring that we decided that there was a real problem within this, uh, you know, small to mid-sized business community that we really needed to address. And we started to realize that this is actually a marketing function. And if you look at an employer brand and if you look at marketing as just building relationships, when you start with an internal customer, that being your employees and occasionally contractors, but if you look at your employee base, and you look at bringing in and retaining all A players and the power of what that can do to your business through through bringing them in through marketing and then to building those relationships so that you don't have as much turnover and building a great culture. The trajectory at which that accelerates a company's growth, it becomes exponential. And, and so once we started to tackle that and once we started to, to weave the two activities together, the transformation our client company really was nothing short of amazing. And you mentioned earlier that marketing and HR, very separate functions, and they operated in, in silos for the purposes of attracting talent in an organization. But how did, how did you figure out ways to, in, in your role at Kinesis, how do you get marketing and HR to work together? And what are some ways that they can? We always start with our clients on shoring up their mission, vision, and values so that they have more clarity as to who they are, you know, what, what their brand is, their, their, their mission and their values, and then what their vision is for the company and where they want to go. And once they're clear on that, it makes everything else a lot easier, including their hiring. So the next step is really to get marketing and HR together to talk about the ideal fit for each position that they're hiring for and to take a real hard look at whether or not they have a or B, or, or possibly even C players in a role. And if they have B and C players, and this is often a really hard task for HR and leadership to deal with, but they either need to transition that person to what, what Jim, Jim Collins calls the right seat on the bus or possibly even off the bus altogether because uh, there's been plenty of studies that have been done on bad apples as they're called and a bad apple can really spoil the whole bunch so uh an unmotivated or uh, at worst a, you know actively disengaged employee who is a c player and will sabotage teams 
they're going to drag down the performance of even your best player. So, so getting those folks out of there and then really looking at the job description and making sure that you're attracting people who are in alignment with your mission and your values is key. And so talking to HR and talking to marketing and making sure that there's an alignment in that and that you are putting out there on your career page and your other outreach that you are bringing people into an environment where they have an amazing team to work with, that's what really is going to attract them. And the thing about A players that's so crucial for business leadership to realize is they're not unemployed. They are not out there looking for jobs unless they had something catastrophic happen to their company. Typically, they are employed and they're probably fairly happy in their position because they are so motivated, they are so driven, they are so productive that they're going to be in a position that that is fulfilling to them. So the only way to pull them over to your organization is really through marketing. Yeah, and and so a lot of this, I think, in my mind, has to do with culture. You mentioned the 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 purpose, the values, all the mission. I mean, that on paper is one thing, but unless you really integrate those values within the company and in the culture, it's kind of hard to market that, isn't it? And otherwise, how are you going to pull them away if, if it's uh, if it's not actually if it's stated but not actually practiced? Well, I think that's where the employer brand really comes into play. And in the blog post that you saw, we referenced a company that is a commercial HVAC provider, uh, Wrightmeyer. They're, they're located in Portland as well. And one of the problems that they were facing is there's a decreasing number of folks in skilled trades. And this is for a variety of reasons. It's because boomers are retiring. There's simply just less of a population in the Generation X uh, cohort. There's just le- there were just less people born during that period of time, and there's fewer opportunities for people to train. So, vocational school, uh, vocational tech tech schools are closing down. Training programs at community colleges are closing down, and specialized trainings are closing down. So, there's simply less of the new folks coming into the skilled trades. There's also fewer people who are available in the job market because of the smaller population of Generation X and the boomers exiting. So one of the things that we did is we decided, well, let's just create a long-term sustainable solution and create an entire university of our own where we attract the millennial population. We attract folks right out of high school and we grow them up ourselves. The really interesting thing about doing this is that they started talking about it. Their techs really got excited about the idea and started talking about it. Their vendors started to find out about it. Their clients started to talk about it. And, and this is all through promotion on the blog and, and just being out in the community. And so interestingly enough, they not only completely lowered their turnover, uh, which is uh, which is a problem in the industry as a whole, but they started attracting those millennials. But then because of the employer brand that they built and the reputation that they started to get in the Port- Portland area, and actually Portland and beyond, they're now attracting people from a geographic distance who want to move to Portland and who are looking at them as a, a place to work. But what happened is they're also getting the mid-level and senior-level techs, which wasn't necessarily a, a – we didn't know that would happen. That was a very happy – 
result of what we were doing to market to the millennial population and the high school graduates. And that's the interesting thing about marketing and, and, and getting this employer brand thing in the marketing hands is that marketing scales. And so you, you mentioned like the talent that you, you're getting was not just constrained by your geographic region, but now you're you're starting to get talent across other states. And it's because of the employer brand probably and the way you're marketing. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And so one of the things that's happening now is people who are thinking about moving to Portland and they are already in the HVAC, the commercial HVAC or, you know, residential, I suppose, but they're already in that sector. They're now doing searches. And what they find is because we've built an employer brand, because we've shaped their website to reflect their culture, to reflect their values and mission, to showcase Reitmeyer University to, we have blog articles on it now. We have testimonials by people who have gone through the curriculum. There's all these pieces that are supportive of what they're doing so that when someone goes to their website from doing a Google search, so Portland HVAC jobs, they find this website that is so completely differentiated from anything that any other competitors are doing that they find it quite remarkable and they're very attracted to apply there and to 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 learn more and to, to find out about what that culture has to offer them. And what's happened, which is really exciting, is that the HR head now has become, she's moved from a position of, of feeling, where can I find these people to? I have so many applicants, I can cherry pick the people who are the right fit for our culture. So it starts to have the snowball effect. You you get great people and then you become selective. So the people you bring on are, you're continuing that A player mentality and you continue to grow that culture. So it just snowballs and becomes more and more amazing over time. I read this book a few years back uh, called Tribes by Seth Godin. You're probably familiar with Seth Godin. He has a lot of good marketing content. But I love that book because it really talks about building that following. And you almost want people lining up to come work for you and, and to buy your products and services as well. But I thought it was just a good example. That that book was really enlightening just in terms of how do you build a tribe? Well, you need common language and you need a culture and you need, you know, you need all these things so you can sort of build evangelists for your brand. And that could be people buying stuff from you or it could be people working from you. And I think that's really where the employer brand comes into play. I agree with you. And I, I, I think that's an interesting point that you bring up because I think the other piece, and again, it, I don't know if I'd call it exactly an accident, but it's a little bit of a, a, a happy result that is to the side of maybe what you're expecting when you create that employer brand. But as you get out there, and market to talent, clients also hear about it, prospects also hear about it, and they appreciate the care and the determination and the commitment that you're showing to their people. And that also helps differentiate you to your prospects and to your clients. So an offshoot of that is it actually enhances your marketing in a whole different direction than you originally intended. In your article, you you put a stat down, and I hadn't previously heard this at all, but you mentioned... 50% of the workforce by 2020 are going to be millennials. Now, tell me, uh, it just maybe predict, if employers aren't marketing 
and, and building an employer brand that's going to be tailored to these millennials? What do you think is going to happen to them? So the whole millennial and the millennial hiring has been a really interesting exploration for me over the last five to six years when I started to think about that cohort more. And so one of the problems that I see, and I'll answer your question in a moment, but one of the, one of the most interesting problems that I, I see is that, and I, and I hate to pick on the boomer generation, but I'm going to have to for a moment, is that they're scratching their head and saying, these, this, this, this millennial group, they're, they're weird. They're hard to work with. They're different. And there's tons of articles written that is, are really disparaging. And I, I guess I, I should say, as a Generation Xer, I, I shouldn't be surprised because when I was in college, the same thing was happening. So I, maybe it's maybe it's just a thing that happens from a former generation. But I saw something totally different. And what I saw is that the millennials, when you shape a business to work with them, and, and I, I will readily admit that it is a completely different approach than the former cohorts of workers have needed. But if you can shape your culture to mentor them and to grow them upright within the career, you will have a competitive advantage. And those companies who are still resisting and are still looking to do things the way that they've always done, is my firm belief that they're going to fall by the wayside. Yeah, it seems like it'd be, they'd be just trying to fight for talent and they can't get it because they're not, they're not speaking to the talent that's actually out there. That's right. So in your experience, what have you seen work? So getting to the to the employer branding tactics that actually do work, and you don't have to give away all of your ideas, but maybe give listeners just a sense for what you've seen work and what they should be focused on. Yeah, I think some of the, the key things that are a big difference is that the millennials who are looking for work, they're willing to be committed, loyal, productive, and everything else you could want in a worker. But what they want is they want to see that the company cares about them. So they're really looking for a great culture and they're looking for collaboration. We're actually in the process of doing interviews for our company. We're bringing on a couple of uh, new positions. And that's one of the things that I hear the most is this term of collaboration. And, and that's one of the things that they are attracted to about from, from our company, at least what they can see on our website. They say over and over again, it seems like you all are really a collaborative team, and that's really attractive to them. So the teamwork, the, the culture, the opportunity for growth, and then once they're onboarded, the they really want ongoing mentorship, growth opportunities. And I think the big difference that boomers and, and to a certain extent Generation Xers, although that cohort has an easier time bridging both generations, but what their the shift has to be is that when they're working with a millennial cohort is that they have to have a lot more feedback and ongoing meetings with these individuals. So team meetings, one-on-one -on -one meetings, leadership, ongoing feedback, it's way more of a high-touch group. And I, I mean, I think that if you read anything about the way that these individuals have been parented, you'll see that that's just the that's just the way that they've learned to interact with the world, both from parenting and also 
just be, being a, a generation that has grown up with uh, smartphones and the internet and social media, they're used to having ongoing communication and instantaneous feedback from the people in their lives, even if it's digital. So I think that the key is really to shift the way that you work with them so that you're giving them ongoing feedback and um, and time, really. You're really talking about developing that really that authentic culture. So that is really the foundation for the employer brand. But what about on the external side? I mean, I've seen seen companies do some very unique things, culture videos, uh, website pictures that they have uh, showing their culture off. What have you done for some of your clients? Yeah, I think that I think that's a really important piece. And so you can start off by the first step that we do with our with our clients is really just to tackle the base level, which is their job descriptions. And so one of the things that we do with our clients is we say, okay, let's let's weave your mission and your values and your vision into your job description. Let's include a letter from the CEO. When you onboard your folks, let's have a CEO start off by talking to them. And a lot of people will say, that sounds like a lot of time. But the amount of impact an A player and and an A player who's committed and will stay with your company for a long time, what that person can bring, I mean, you can't tell me that that investment of a half an hour, you know, 60 minutes from the CEO isn't worth it. And that is so impactful to a person to have them evangelize your vision and values when you're first onboarded. So that's really the the first piece is a is a good hard look at your job descriptions, how you're hiring and asking questions, and then how you're onboarding and retaining those folks. So I really look at it as a continuum. And then. The next level is really looking at your marketing material. So you want to have a website that appeals to millennials. You want to have an up-to-date, responsive website because remember, these are these are people who are they're up on the latest technology. They they are um, they're expecting you to have a website design that responds to their mobile devices. They want to see your culture. They want to read about it. You can you can take it to the next level by starting to showcase showcase workspace uh, to to show pictures of happy employees to put testimonials from your people and then really the next level is starting to get more digital with it and so the easiest next place to go which is actually a really interesting shift is to use Facebook as a recruiting platform and a culture showcase so. I've been, I, I started off scratching my head for a long time about Facebook. It really is not a great B2B marketing venue. And, um, a lot of marketers out there just touted for a long time that any social media was the, the holy grail of yeah. reaching Yeah. I wasn't people. one of those. <laughs> I was not one of those people. I'll tell you that. <laughs> but, but Facebook and even Instagram, if you have, if you have the right kind of ongoing photography, can be an amazing way to showcase your culture. And, and so you have an opportunity to use that, pull it back into your website, and then the next level is really having a recruiting video. And then if you uh, really enjoy the, the digital and video aspect of it, you can you can do multiple videos of, of different employees and departments and, and so on. So I think that I think that that's really sort of the stepping stones, but but you can take it to 
you can kind of take it as far as you want, but, but incorporating all of those types of digital assets into a cohesive body of, of marketing where you're attracting people, that's going to make your HR folks so happy when you're bringing in these great people because you've done your marketing right and you really have an employer brand that that's attracting those folks. And I think that's the key word is attracting. And you have to think about it that way. You're building relationships with them digitally. Well, Wendy, this has been a really fun and enlightening uh, conversation. And I wanted to give you an opportunity to, to share with listeners either some links or resources or just anything else they should know before I cut you loose. I know we're getting short on time. so Sure. Just if anyone wants to take a look at our company, we're at kinesisinc.com. And the, um, the blog that you're referencing is uh, you can either go to kinesisinc.com and click on our blog or you can type in kinesisblog.com and that'll take you to the same place. And, and then there's a bunch of articles there that I think might be helpful. Wendy Maynard, thank you for being on the podcast. Appreciate it. You are so welcome. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. If you like what you heard, we would love it if you went to iTunes, gave us a five-star review. And either way, if you uh, have feedback for us, please go to iTunes and leave us a review. If you want more information on guests, the host, or about any other content, please go to www.zeniumhr.com. That's www.zeniumhr.com. Thanks for joining us today. This podcast is produced by Zenium Resources, Inc., all rights reserved. For information on guests or for interview requests, please visit www.zeniumhr.com or email info at zeniumhr.com. Everything on this show should be considered educational and informational only and not personal advice. Please consult with the appropriate tax, legal, or business professional for individualized advice.